0: Michigan's short track racing authority is Horsepower Happenings.
1: Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport Florida driver Danny Sims III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemmler,
0: welcome to Horsepower Happenings.
1: Steve Irwin, welcome to Horsepower Happenings, my friend.
0: Director of race operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over
1: 50 years of industry experience from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stamp On the turns three and four. on to the lift, off sideways, Greg Dalman wins.
0: Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right-side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All
2: down. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more.
0: You know, after about eight hours of months of
1: medical time here, they, uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that all at once.
2: Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for.
0: She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment
1: there at Anti Camp Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From
2: the Be Cool Radiator Studio,
1: presented by CNT Services. Here are Zach Heiser and Rich Fray. Good evening, race fans, and happy New Year! Welcome into another edition of Horsepower Happenings. A lot of motor mouths on the show tonight, so we got a lot to get to. But first, here's what's happening in the Motor City Minute. It's official. Mottville Speedway was on the market or is still on the market, listed for sale with a number of issues to take care of before returning to a racing facility. Asking price, just 255000 But then once you dive into what the place needs, yeah, that's going to be more than that to get that place operational again. Berlin Raceway shook things up, <clears throat> announcing that it will move to American Racer Tires in 2024 for all divisions they'll be working directly with American racer Great Lakes who's your racing tire in the back seat now ASACRA Super Series schedule was released. It includes stops in Michigan and uh, some key stops that everybody's used to as well. Flat Rock and Owasso are new additions, uh, newer additions to the schedule. Owasso, brand new addition. Flat Rock, a couple of years removed. Traditional dates also return. Toledo, Winchester, and Anderson, as well as some other stops along the way. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. Again, Happy New Year. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year
0: to you, too. How'd your holidays go? Uh,
1: Well, not bad, other than I've got the non-COVID, non-flu. Nobody knows, uh, you know, what they have cough, cold going on. Uh, But uh, other than that, things are great. I'm doing great. I didn't get any gifts like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, good for you. Well, hey, it's our year... In review show, and uh, this is the time of year where we beg some people to come on the show, uh, you know, so that we don't have to do this ourselves. Rich, and uh, we we find we found two suckers to uh, join us tonight. So uh, why don't you take a chance to introduce us? Great, yeah, it, it's great. We don't have to muddle through this show, right? We're going to kick off first. Uh, he is the co-announcer,
0: the co-voice of the Birch Run Speedway with Big Ed and Chuck Darling joins us. Welcome, Chuck. Thank you, guys. I will be sucker number one for the night. All right. (laughs) And I'm not going to say sucker number two, but this gentleman, uh, he was the voice of Tri-City and the Merritt Speedways Uh, this year in 2023. He became the co-voice with Chris Phobe at the Owasso Speedway. Roger Williams, welcome into Horsepower Happenings.
2: Well, I appreciate you having me on the show, and I will only take sucker number two. Because I alphabetically come after, darling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, uh, you know, appreciate what you guys do behind the scenes. Um, You know, first and foremost, I guess we'll start with you, Roger, uh, before we dive into the topics that we have. Owasso Speedway, pavement guy now uh, in 2023. Your first time in a long time and really first full season, I think. Um, and I know first time doing this at Owasso Speedway, talk about it. How was it? What, what, what were the differences and some of the things you enjoyed?
2: It's, uh, it was hard. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I was looking for a challenge and I certainly got a challenge by being, uh, on the pavement side. I mean, these are drivers I've read about, but hadn't really had the opportunity to watch compete, uh, it was just a whole, you know, doing dirt for 25 years. You can kind of, uh, you can kind of uh, tiptoe through when you go to a different track because you may know and have seen some of these guys and gals race. And this was complete—I mean, completely different as far as how the, you know, how to call a race, especially some of the longer-lapped ones. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, yeah, no okay. kidding, right? No. When's the last time you had to call a hundred-lap race?
2: They've not, yeah. I, I think the most, uh, the longest uh, would be, would take, uh, for the 75 lapper, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's a completely different beast. It was a fun challenge. Uh, I look forward to seeing what uh, happens for 2024 and, you know, it's what a difference to be in front of three, four 5,000 people on race night and, uh, have a good time with them and kind of MC the party that's going on on the speedway.
1: And, and the last thing for you, Roger, before we get to Chuck, um, part of one of the arguably most um, attractive or I mean, most attention, attention on them tracks in 2023 with everything that Rex is doing, how was that from a perspective of somebody who works there, right? I mean, when you go there, you know what Rex is putting on the line. You know what everybody's expecting when they show up there. Um, I don't know that I've ever worked in an environment like that where, all eyes virtually were on what was happening at Owasso in 23.
2: Well, it's not like the first time that that has happened. I kind of did the same thing when I was at Tri-City when that reopened as dirt. And uh, I like that challenge because you get to to help shape the identity. And when you're on the same page as management and and you know what they're looking for and and you're all working towards that end result – and, and at the end of the day, can give each other a high five and say, by gosh, you know, look what we did. Let's see what we can do better next week. And uh, it, it's just, it, it's, you know, obviously, obviously it's a honeymoon phase. It always is. It, it, it'll <laughs> sure. It'll wear out. You know, you know, in a couple of years, people will start complaining and blah blah blah. That's how racing is. We've seen it over and over and over. If you've been in the sport long enough, but uh, it it's it's nice to be. It, I like that challenge. That's what really enticed me to try the Owasso deal. Was it, it was like coming into some place that was starting a new, uh, from you know, top to bottom, just about with a different philosophy, a different environment, and it that I it it was great. I I I. I, I like that type of pressure.
0: And uh, we'll, we'll move over to Chuck Dolly. Now, Chuck, a little bit different. If anybody hasn't heard you uh, at the Bertrand Speedway, they may have heard you for the years that you spent with the MCR Dwarf Car Series. Uh, you traveled with them. Talk about the difference of traveling around with a series to different racetracks throughout the region. Um, and now you're going to the same racetrack every night well
3: it was it's a learning curve to say the least, because with the traveling series with the dwarf car drivers, we had a consistent like twenty or so drivers that followed the series at every event, and it was the same guys, same gals night in and night out with the track at Birch Run. it's having to learn okay, you've got roughly six different classes of cars, and you have to learn each driver um you know their sponsors try to keep up on their sponsors their car numbers any changes i guess that's why i kind of ghost some of the drivers on facebook but it's it's a nice change of pace for me because then you become recognizable with that track like you're synonymous with that track and fortunately i've got one of the best in the business right alongside me and my buddy Ed Inlows you know to kind of coach me along the way and he helps me with some things, and you know I kind of share some things with him. You know, it's it's great to have that uh, buoyancy of having two people there because what he lacks in, I can pick up on. What I lack in, he can pick up on, and vice versa.
0: So, and and you and Roger really have something kind of in common. Um, both the owners of your facilities are really doing uh, great things to draw the fans into their to their respective facilities at birch run in your case oh yeah definitely uh
3: they've gone leaps and bounds from when andy first mr susky first purchased birch Run speedway um you know adding the gas alley bar and grill all of the events that we've had the um you know partnering up with back to the bricks for their cruise in and kickoff party um the jody messina concert you know um lots of lots of different concerts comedy events um, karaoke events, everything to make it a fun, family-friendly atmosphere. And I think that's the goal that a lot of the tracks in the area need to do is make it more fan-friendly. It has to be an event at every single show. And, you know, Mr. Susky has has done that far and above what I think anybody thought could be done.
1: I love, too, that you mentioned the gas at L.A. Bar and Grill, Rich's favorite place to go on the property <laughs> at Bertrand Speedway. <laughs> i love that it's not just a bar right how many times do you go to the bar and you want to watch the game uh you want to watch you know whatever's going on bull riding you can go to the gas alley bar and grill on a saturday night and watch the event that's 500 feet behind you if you sit at the bar on the big screen tvs you're there but you don't have to be there you can be at a bar if you prefer that atmosphere
3: yeah, and it's it's really cool because you don't have to be out in the elements. You can be
1: inside. What a great place for a work. rain delay, right? I mean, come on, you've got your own <laughs> rain delay spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Funny
2: you should say that. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
3: well, Roger and Don Colbath have made an appearance on one of our promotional videos for the track that goes on a loop on there. So I'm familiar with him being in there. Uh, but um, I
0: or, really or, or, when you're work,
1: or when you're working for CRA and you're not up yet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, know. see. Now you're not supposed to tell anybody that we did that, Rich. Now we're going to get talking to.
3: <laughs> I got to give I got to give kudos to Britain, Kyle Hill, everybody that was associated with the video production yes. and the track. You know, the YouTube channel. Um, I told him I said there's a good chance that we could hit 1500 subscribers by the end of the year, and we hit 1400 by the end of the year, and that's not counting all the people that just tuned in and, and didn't checked out subscribe. each event yeah. that was streamed free on the YouTube channel. So I want to give you know a round of applause to Britton and Kyle and uh, Hunter Leak and everybody that had a hand in setting that up because their production quality is second to none.
1: Yeah, for sure. Rich, uh, we'll go to you and knock one of these items that we have in this list off of the list. Flat Rock and Toledo Speedways, one of the many tracks um, here in 2023 that started the season with new management in some form. And for the first time in a long time, uh, there was a new face working into the helm of Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway. And we don't need to spend a lot of time on this because we did just talk to Brandon Hamby, but – how was that, right? Scott Schultz on his way out, Brandon kind of getting his his feet in the door and settling in. That was a pretty big changing of the guard for those two facilities.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, you know, Scott had been there 30, 40 years, right? If you're in pavement racing or any type of racing in Michigan, you know who Scott Schultz was. And um, it was just time for him. I think he was starting to get tired, wanted to spend some time with the family. And Brandon stepped in and and did a great job and I think what made it easy for Brandon is he had a professional crew already in place. He didn't have to find people to do certain things. Um, he just had to kind of guide, take, take care of the things that you have to take care of as management on a race night and during the week. Um, and then, you know, you, you just let everybody else do their thing. I mean, I work with Gary Lindahl. You don't have to you don't have to tell Gary what he needs to do. Right. You just, you just give him the mic, turn it on and let him go. Um, so, uh, yeah, everything's good. And now this year, 2024, Brent, they're going to cut Brandon loose. And if you look at the schedule releases, you say, can see, they uh, sure
1: have, haven't they? <laughs> yeah,
0: he, 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 he sure has made a lot of changes with some divisions that, uh, you don't typically see at Toledo and at Flat Rock.
1: Well, and I look to, uh, you know, Roger at Owasso's schedule for 2024. Um, you guys are doing some stuff there. I, mean, I think of the SRL National Tour, ASA Stars National Tour. JEGS is coming back twice uh, at a minimum two times. There's a little tease for you that hasn't been uh, announced yet. Um, so that, that's a pretty big deal for what you guys are doing, too. Your guys' schedule looks a little different this year.
2: Yeah, and, and and I expect that's going to be the case for the next few years as we continue the improvements on the uh, track itself and the facilities. Already they are halfway through with paving the entire infield. Oh, how
1: exciting is that?
2: So there'll be a uh, ability to have a pit road. Um, you will, uh, instead of having drivers have to go back to the pits, wait three laps, and uh, wait to see if they're going to come back out or not. That'll actually be happening in front of, The uh, the 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 folks in the grandstands and moving victory lane into the infield and having destruction races. We've got four of those this year on Sundays. Did you guys Um, do
1: destruction races this year?
2: We did not have a single one. So this will be the first set under the Rex Wheeler helm. Um, and those will all be Sunday shows. So yeah, and you know, not to mention you've got the four reveal the hammer series shows, uh, a Midwest uh, modified show. You've got the Bob Finley Memorial on a Wednesday night. So uh, <laughs> a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, different nuances than uh, has happened before there at Owasso.
1: I think while we talk about Owasso, there's probably one gleaming question, and Roger will put you on the spot, but don't get yourself in trouble. Um, <laughs> you know, there was there was right so. Owasso doesn't have a GM right now. I don't know that anybody's freaking out about that anymore, but I think it probably is a question mark um, if you are somebody who plans to go there as a racer or as a fan.
2: Well, right now uh, you know Jeff Parrish did a, a great job over the uh, this inaugural season and uh, you know he was responsible for getting a lot of us uh, in there to be part of the team and uh, yeah, he will be sorely missed. Um, right now, uh, Rex Wheeler is the acting GM. I don't know if he plans on continuing to be through the race season. Uh, that's gotta be a big, uh, a, a big bite to uh, to take uh, to take on not only owning yeah. the race, but being the GM plus his own businesses uh, and his race teams uh, to boot. So you know whether or not that, that remains to uh, be seen for the 2024 season, we may or may not know more. We've got uh, a meeting coming up on the 13th of January. Where uh, they'll be interviewing some people for positions throughout uh, the track. Not, I I can't imagine GM would be one of those that'd be interviewing at that point. I would think that would be something behind closed doors, obviously. But uh, for now, it's Rex Wheeler uh, leading leading the charges. The GM,
1: Roger Williams, uh, announcer and general manager.
2: Ah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because yeah, well, people already think I'm responsible for a lot of things. That's uh, right. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> I am thinking Solti would be better at that. He's carried my butt all 2023, so it just makes sense that uh, you know he he was. I think one night he was the scorekeeper and uh, and the announcer at the same time. I don't so think I
1: don't, I don't think an announcer would be a good GM because announcers are always the last to know. Chuck, mm-hmm. uh, one of your th- you know you're kind of in that same boat. Uh, management change at Birch Run that we really don't know a whole lot about yet at this point either.
3: Well, it's gonna be a. Interesting 2024, to say the least. Uh, You know, we had heard some rumblings about some stuff happening after the banquet. Uh, Roger hit me up with a couple of things. I had multiple people hit me up. And uh, then we find out that uh, John Doring Jr. is going to be uh, general manager and at the helm alongside Andy Susky. Um, You know, John brings a wealth of experience. You know, his dad, Jack Doring, the whole family has been tied into local auto racing. I think it was 46 years that uh, uh, they owned the Auto City Speedway. And for over 20, they owned Dixie uh, Speedway back in the day. And John and his wife were uh, former owners and promoters of the standard speedway back when it was dirt in uh, the early 80s. So he's got the pedigree to bring it back. I mean, we had a very good, you know, 75th anniversary season, but now you couple that with john's experience and andy willing to put the efforts into the track you know and partnering with owasso speedway all of our shows this season you know destruction and you know the specials and the regular friday nights are all on friday nights no more saturday shows at the bertrand speedway and event center
1: i think that needed to, to happen it,
2: the, no, it, go ahead roger i was gonna say and to make it more i mean Rex and Wheeler Trucking, one of the biggest sponsors over there at Birch Run. I mean, that you, I mean, it's that it's just almost unheard of.
3: Well, it almost it it, it makes more sense that yeah, if yeah. you identify as a Friday night track to stay
1: on Friday nights.
3: That was my biggest complaint when
1: we came in there with Jags on Saturday is why are we doing this race on Saturday? I get that you might want a practice day, but find time in the morning to do all that practice and let's race on Friday night. This is a Friday night track.
3: That's, that's exactly the, the feeling that a lot of people had. Um, you know, we, our events on Saturdays were successful. You know, we had very good crowds. We had good car counts, but like John alluded to in his uh, press release that he put out on the Bertrand Speedway Facebook page, you know, it's a Friday night track. You know, if we were running on Sundays, like we were back in the day, then people would expect us to run on Sundays. So if you're going to identify as a Friday night track, then you need to stick to Friday nights. I think it's going to be a win-win, especially with, you know, Rex and Wheeler trucking already being a sponsor at the track. They're, we're working hand-in-hand hand with them to promote each other, you know, and who knows? Maybe we'll see, like, increased points funds, like if you can win a race at Bertrand and you win the next night at Owasso, or if you win championships at both tracks, tie it in for a season-long point fund.
0: Chuck, wasn't... You refresh my memory because it's just something is reminding me. Wasn't John Doring announced as management a few years ago, a few years back, and it was brief? and And then he... He He's they announced him as the, the new manager and then he wasn't. And I think is that when they went to Jason? I believe that's right around that same time
3: period. Uh, he stepped in for maybe like a month or two. My memory could be a little bit foggy on that as well, but I think now the vision is there that uh, the direction that Andy wants to take the take Bertrand Speedway and Event Center as. A destination place for not only racing but for family friendly events not just on race nights but you know with like the concerts you know we have the united financial credit union stage we have the stage that we put out in the infield for the jody messina concert so we can bring in other big events uh the other thing that we brought in was our thunder roads Har- uh thunder roads harley bike nights and that turned out to be a rousing success. So, I mean, the mindset is there. So, the 75th anniversary season last year was good, but I have a hunch that
0: 2024 is going to be even better. Zach, we got to bring you in. Uh, you were a busy guy this summer. Uh, with with myself, we kind of tried to split up and and get all the Jags or the, all the Champion Racing Association events for the Super Series and the Series All Stars Tour, and You had to do your best to make sure you had. (laughs) Was it every Great Lakes Super? sprints event uh talk about how busy your summer was
1: yeah i should sit down and figure out how many events i actually did because uh i think the only memorial day weekend was i gone from a racetrack uh all summer long so no it was a lot of fun right uh watching the jegs tour kind of start to rebuild right first year for champion racing association without glenn luckett or rj scott uh the two founders of champion racing association so scott Menlin takes the helm uh alongside track enterprises and bob Sargent. And, uh, you know, there were some growing pains. And we witnessed those growing pains at Owasso and Bertrand and, uh, you know, Winchester and Salem. And um, But there's a lot of excitement around the JEGS Tour now moving to 2024. Some great events lined up, uh, returning to some racetracks that we haven't been to, um, and seeing some new faces come in. We talked with... You know Carson Hosevar, and and well not we didn't talk with Carson but we talked about how he's building a team and we're going to see that driver come from Canada and run a lot of Jegs races and um, you know then the the ASA CRA Super Series side of things just a lot of unknowns with Track Enterprises bringing back ASA um, I think they had a decent first year but looking to build more uh, in year two and Rich you were able to be a part of that ASA team down the stretch as well and so we we were kind of able to see. Uh, you know, what? they got some things to do, and, and Bob Sargent, Joe Ballish, Mark Gundrum, Scott Menlin, they all have a great vision of what they want to do, and I think that ASA is going to be just fine in this new Temple late model world. Um, but yeah, Great Lakes Super Sprints, Barry Marlowe, that guy is absolutely nuts. <clears throat> um, three, <laughs> Three sprint car divisions, and this is in our notes to talk about the promoter of I ninety six Speedway in twenty twenty three, um, so it was quite interesting to work with him and just kind of hear everything he had going on. And uh, oh, by the way, he also promoted a sprints on ice event in uh, January or February up in Sault Saint Marie to kick off the season. So, um, but yeah, Great Lake Super Sprints. We talk about it, Rich, a lot on this show. Probably one of the most competitive sanctions that you'll find on dirt or pavement, um, because there are easily eight to ten guys a night that could win in the Great Lakes Super Sprints no matter where we go. And uh, we saw that. Max Stambaugh wins the championship. He wins it handily only because Phil Gressman has engine problems at Tri-City, and uh, that takes him out of contention down the stretch. So uh, I'm excited for 24 with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Uh, He's done some revamping. The Buckeye region, formerly NRA, will no longer overlap with the Wolverine region or where Great Lakes Super Sprints makes its home in Michigan. So you're not going to see any any nights. I think there's one night where guys will have to decide if they're going to Lima or coming up here, I think, to Hartford uh, is what the initial schedule, which uh, hasn't been put out yet, but that's just kind of what I'm hearing, is there shouldn't be any overlaps except one night. So 360 sprint cars in this region, fellas, is going to be very busy and I think very popular, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's, it, and you know to back up what you're
0: saying and like Roger knows this. You go to the dirt late models, it's it's nothing to have those guys have 10, 15, 20 wins in a season as those late models, as Donna and Travis and Brandon Thirlby and these got all these guys travel throughout the state. There's nobody winning double digits in the Great Lakes Super Sprints.
1: No, remember how long did it take before we had our first repeat winner at Butler? They run 410 sprint cars every single week. And it took until August, I think, for them to get a repeat winner. So uh, very competitive in the, in the sprint car world right now. Let's get and into it's amazing.
2: Uh, what's it's a- amazing, isn't, isn't it? Amazing yeah. that they say Michigan is not a sprint car state, but you've got a series like Great Lake Super Sprints that is bringing out some very good competition and very almost even competition amongst the field.
1: Thunderbird Raceway, if you're listening, you have one of my favorite sprint car tracks in the state. Uh, I-96, Butler. Uh, seriously, if I'm if I'm ranking them, uh, I-96 and Butler are at the top. Um, Tri-City doesn't do it for me because I'm not a black slick from top to bottom guy. That's just not my jam. I know there are some drivers that like it that way because it's it's a driver's track, but that's not my jam. Thunderbird Raceway is probably a top three sprint car track for me because you get a top, you get a bottom, and it is fast. That race goes quick. You got to do something, and you got to do it quick. Um, and uh, I, I really do. To your point, between I ninety six Butler, Thunderbird, and you know Tri City does put on a good show. It's just not everybody's type of show. That place is always packed when sprint cars are on the on the schedule. There are some really good places to catch sprint car racing in Michigan. Yeah, great point. All right, let's move into some things that we have planned here. That was just a quick recap for all of us kind of in chronological order, also kind of however my ADHD brain puts it uh, on the paper. Um, Looking back at this season, and Rich, I'll kind of have you help us get this started. Um, One of the first things that comes to my brain from the 2023 season is watching a driver who makes her home no longer in Dryden, Michigan, but originally from here, get her really first marquee win In that pro late model, we talked a lot about her switching to Anthony Campy Racing. Of course, that's Katie Hettinger during uh, the uh, World Series down at New Smyrna.
0: Yeah, she came. Boy, she had a that was a rough speed weeks, wasn't it? It It's actually I mean, she was getting pushed around, pushed around, pushed around. And she says, heck with this, boys. It's my turn to win. Um, And 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 kind of picked it up. And we all thought, okay, here she goes. That's all she needed uh, with this Anthony Campy Racing team. Get that first win out of the out of the way, and then it was just, she was doing top fives, top fives, top fives, and it just took her quite a long time uh, in 2023 to find Victory Lane, and as we know now, uh, she won't be going back to Anthony Cappy Racing that we know. She's going to be running racing with the family team, Hettinger Racing, uh, for 2024, so um, we'll have to see, and we we all obviously know that'll probably be under the guidance of the Van Dorns uh, like it was before with their equipment. That's so a big um, assumption.
1: I, I didn't I didn't jump to that conclusion. I would think so. they're, they're I mean,
0: I know they have What about that late model stock program? Yeah. That well, that was down there. I don't know. I just uh, that's just my opinion. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but uh, but Maybe the, I mean you when, could
1: be right. I don't know.
0: Whenever she jumped in that Van Dorn car at, uh, at Birch Run, she was awfully
1: good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, with the the TK racing, uh, the Kyle Crump look alike, that was fun to to deal with at Birch Run. Um, i got to ask, because we cover Katie, because we we started covering her success because of our association with CRA, but Roger and Chuck, is the, is the excitement around her from what you have seen outside of, of this, is that... Is that due? I mean, is is Katie Hettinger on that fast track to maybe being that next Haley Deegan or Danica Patrick or somebody that we look at who could really be that female superstar in our sport? I don't know, um, because we're kind of in that bubble where we followed her closely because of her relationship in Michigan and with CRA. Um, what do you guys think? Is she is she getting the credit she deserves or a little bit too much? Whoever wants to go. <laughs>
3: I believe she's getting the credit that she deserves because if you look at the junior late model success that she had and then transitioning over, you know, she's got the drive, the determination, she's had the success, and she's got the will to do it, you know, moving everything down there because she wants to make a go of it. Everybody up here in Michigan is behind that. We Mm -hmm. always, we always in Michigan like supporting our drivers that go down south to try and make a name for themselves so it's key to hear about that news of what they're doing you know and now going from campy to their own family run team that's going to be interesting to see how that plays over going into 2024 will they have the same kind of success or will they achieve even more because they're going to be more hands-on
1: And Roger, you know that the hood of that race car said wheeler trucking on it almost all year (laughs) long. So I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that you've had conversations about her before.
2: Well, yeah, I, Rex follows her very much so, especially on race day. If there's an event, the same time going uh, on with uh, Owasso and yeah, he, he doesn't sponsor losers. I can tell you that (laughs) Um, uh, that's, that's for sure. I I think she still needs uh, another layer perhaps. Uh, of success. Uh, I think if she can achieve it with the family team, I think that will speak volumes. Uh, I think she's, I think that the amount of attention she is getting is, is, is a healthy amount. Uh, I, I don't think it's overblown. Uh, I think she has the talent. Uh, she certainly, I think will have the equipment and, and the, yeah. and the sponsorship banking to do it now. Now, it, now it's up to her and it's going to, you know, luck timing, and uh, it, it, if that falls into place, then there's no reason for her to walk, not walk up the ladder.
1: Rich, you said this, and it's in our opening for the show. She's, she was in the best equipment that money could buy. If she doesn't perform, it's on her. What do you make of her 2023 season? And now hearing the things and kind of hearing the behind-the-scenes things that we talked with Chris Ettinger last week about everything that went on, what do you make of her season? Um, I thought she had a good – I mean, no, I don't think anybody in their right mind, if you expect
0: her to go out and win, win 15 or 20 races, I don't think that was going to happen on the Cars Tour, right? That's, that's, sure. all, she, that's all she was going to do. I don't think we expected that. But, you know, what, what what impressed me, and this may be controversial, but that's me, right, um, was at Tri-County, and we talked to Chris Hettinger about it, her dad. Um, he was not happy with what happened when Katie finally had enough of Caden Quapple. And, uh, you know, hooked him and put him into the wall. And the only problem was she hooked herself into the inside wall and ended her night. But I think that was her saying enough's enough. Okay. She got, she's gotten pushed around, pushed around. And I think even though it was maybe a little bit bad light on her, she got suspended for the next, for the rest of the season, the next race. Um, I think that was her coming out and saying, I am done with this. You are not going to push me around anymore.
2: Agreed.
1: All right. Agreed. Yeah, we'll see what 2024 agreed. brings her. She's uh, got some uh, work to do. It, it sounds like we'll see her in Michigan, uh, probably at Owasso Speedway uh, for a couple of events. Uh, that those would be either ASA stars tour races or SRL or Jegs tour events. So uh, odds are we'll get a chance to see her. And that, if you, you
0: can go back and listen to the Chris's interview, yep. um, you know that was one of the reasons they can pick and choose with. What races they want to go to with the family team. They didn't have that liberty uh, with Anthony Campy Racing. They wanted to fill in every slot they had because Anthony Campy Racing does it for a living, right? And that's what and that's what they do. They need to they need to fill every seat for every race for every race car they have, and that's how they make money. Um, so by doing this by doing this family deal, they can pick and choose and go to races that they want to go to and they feel is beneficial
1: for them. Two out of the three, uh, so three events out of Speed Weeks that I want to talk about. The second one, Rich, was perhaps the most nail-biting event that we saw during Speed Weeks. It happened during the King of the 360s finale event at East Bay Raceway Park. Max Stambaugh from, I don't know, like left field, right? This cat started in the middle of the field, had no shot to win this event, but it was a tri-city, dry-slick, top-to-bottom racetrack, Rich, Right rear, after right rear, after right rear, expiring on those race cars. Keep going, keep going. (laughs) After after right right rear, rear after (laughs) after after right rear. I mean, this was, what, a 40-minute event uh, for, like, 25, 35 laps or something like that? It took them, like, 40 or 45 minutes to complete because of how many cautions they had? Absolutely ridiculous. And uh, the car that won the event was the very first car to blow a tire. So he got a new right rear and went to the tail, and was able to drive back through and win the race. Max Stambaugh finishes second. This is Saturday, February 18th, if you want to go back and try and find it on Flow. Finishes second, Rich, on the original rear tires that he had on that car. And uh, Caps Off, we said this when we talked to him, him and Steve Smith, all that time racing up here on the sand of Michigan, had to have helped them down there at East Bay, because uh, that was a very impressive showing. Yeah, what, what did we
0: come up with? It was about 15 cars had right rear tires. Tires Something
1: like that. And
0: and and Max had the lead near the end, and it's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, we're watching this. It, like he's one of the only guys left on the same rear tire. Yeah. And and we even asked him, were you waiting for you? Because you just about everybody else had lost one. Well, just he, about
1: everybody else in that field. And he had said that during that red flag, he was able to, he loosened the belts and, and kind of peaked and knew where he was at. And felt comfortable. He he told us in that interview, again, go back and watch. We talked to him after this event, February 18th. He knew if we got one more caution where I had to fire off hard and, and get going out of four, I was going to be the next one. He knew that.
0: So. Yeah, So, but, but it was funny. I, it, they were just dropping literally like flies. I couldn't believe it. I've never seen a sprint car race uh, with that many tires on that many different cars. It was just... It was just an amazing, that race should have been over in 12 to 15 minutes.
1: (laughs) I don't know if any of you guys, uh, Roger or Chuck, if you guys saw that event, but uh, it was absolutely, it's one of the memorable events from 2023 for sure. One that I know you guys had to have seen was the little guy finds massive success at Daytona. This coming from the Arkham and Ards National Tour, uh, the National Series when they run at Daytona. Greg Van Alst from Anderson, Indiana. Knocks down Goliath uh, and takes his number thirty-five to victory lane. Rich, you and I have had a chance to talk to this cat with CRA, and and you know uh, everything that we did with CRA. He's a former Super Series champion. I don't know about you, but I was cheering uh, here in the office watching that race. What a cool moment to watch him go to victory lane, and an absolutely you know emotional interview on the front stretch as well
0: classic think, interview on the front stretch but I see both of you guys Roger and Chuck uh, nodding your heads so you guys go ahead uh, Chuck uh, what your thoughts
3: it's always cool to see someone that you've seen race locally do good but I think the highlight was not only the finish I think the highlight was the the post race interview I I mean that sets the cap off on the whole deal right there to see the raw emotion of a driver breaking through to win at the world center of speed was just amazing to
2: watch. Busting his hump to get there. And, uh, if I remember correctly, they kind of were a last minute showing, I believe uh, with it was sponsorship money or something. Yeah, that's that the, store. that's the one they yeah. were piling
1: sponsorship money. I mean, $50 here, a hundred dollars there, whatever they could do. Yeah.
2: I mean, that you, you can't, uh, yeah. That, and the opportunities that he got afterwards because of that.
1: Yeah. That, and it's mean, this...
2: phenomenal. I mean, again, Right place, right time. Good luck, and uh, yeah, a straight steering wheel when he came home with it. And you know, I, it, you guys, you know, we've all been in Victory Lane with drivers. I, I would have been by, beside myself there trying to do the interview with them. Uh, just to you, you, that energy is just remarkable. Just, just so reaches right into your uh, heartstrings.
1: That's one of those ones. I don't know about you guys, but when I have a moment like that, that's that's one of the ones where you go. Greg Van Alst, you just won at Daytona International Speedway. Boom. <laughs> Let him yeah. do the rest. <laughs>
3: Let the driver do the talk
1: and the yeah. announcer just sit back and enjoy. And emotional, too, because, uh, you know, they had just had a tragedy not either not long after Rich or, or not long before that win. Um, you know, the Van Alst family had, had some tragedy in that family. So that just made that win even more special. And I think
0: Greg got hurt this year in a wreck uh, not too long after that, and he had to sit out a while, yep. uh, if not most of the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in 2023 for Greg Van Alst, I think.
1: Absolutely. Well, a, an absolutely memorable moment. You know, that's the Arkham and Ard series, too. You never know. Who's gonna crack through with that series, right? Frankie Munez, Everybody remembers Malcolm in the Middle. Everybody's watching him. Uh, you know, Mandy Chick, who was a former CRA driver. She she did some time with CR or with uh, Arca, and uh, you know, I think Chuck. You probably think about Matt Kemp. He got some Arca East and West opportunities in in twenty twenty three. Sounds like he might get more of those in twenty four. Um, Arca is still kind of that weird little pivot point in pavement racing. You don't really know what it could do for you.
3: Yeah, you gotta. You still gotta have. You know enough funding to go and try it, um, because of the cost. You just need that backing and to see, you know, some local guys like Van Alst and you know Mr. Taco Bell himself, Matt Kemp. You know, or <laughs> my Mr. favorite, M-
1: my favorite winning celebration of all time. We've talked to him, Rich, on Horsepower Happenings. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Taco Bell. That's gonna pay yep. off for him one day. He'll be signing autographs, you know, after every time, you know,
3: I told people at Bertrand, you know, you can catch him at the local Taco Bell.
1: Will you sign my five-layer burrito? <laughs> <laughs> <Bertraff's> cream. <laughs> uh, well, let's move up here to the north, and um, Michigan started off in a weird spot, an optimistic spot, Rich. We had uh, half a dozen racetracks change hands between 22 and 23, and of those half a dozen, Half a dozen of them were still operational racetracks at the start of 2023. That was the good news. The bad news now at the end of 2023 is one of those racetracks has fallen to the wayside. Um, Winston Speedway is a big question mark right now. They struggled to get off the ground. Roger, you and I went there for um, one of their opening events in 2023, and there was a lot of positivity around that place. Good car count, good program, damn good racing. I just don't know, Roger, I'll, I'll, I'll default to you here on this one because I, you and I saw the same show. I don't know what went wrong for Scott and Pam and why they couldn't consistently get what they needed on Friday nights at Winston Speedway. Uh, they tried changing tire rules. They tried uh, you know, doing different things with tech inspection. And ultimately, all of a sudden, they said, we're done. Uh, we're cutting back. And cutting back actually meant closing the doors. We haven't heard from them since. Um, so your take on Winston Speedway.
2: Well, you know, I, Scott and Pam spent a long time looking for a track to buy over the years. So I find it, I find it puzzling that it went away so quick. I can't imagine that it will remain closed. You know, my and I'm purely speculating that they got into a situation, maybe they opened too soon. And
1: right, let's remember what was it four or five weeks from the time the it, ink was signed to the time? They oh, opened yeah, the gates? it was
2: this was still uh, April, this was still April, uh,
1: yeah.
2: We rained out at Tri City, and that's how I ended up heading over to Winston. And uh, I just got to imagine they got in there and saw, wow, you know, maybe maybe we need to take our time on opening this and doing it right instead of just opening up under the pressure of everybody wants it open. And you know, what didn't help were the really, really, really late nights that they were having over there. We apparently were kind of lucky. It was a late night, but it was also (laughs) a heavy track and there were pretty big instances that took a while to clean up. But once uh, we got a few races into the season, the, the late nights really turned off the crowd and really started hurting car counts, and you know, I that doesn't seem like a program that that Scott would want to run. So, I, you know, my my fingers are crossed that you know maybe it's just a matter of let's get some pieces in place and make sure those pieces are secure, and then let's give it a go when we're not rushing around to get things open. I mean, what we were in that one room broadcasting and they were still working on it. Yes. When we were Yeah. Walking in that open. And room.
1: remember when we got there, there were old stoves and things on the concourse yes. that suddenly disappeared before race time. Uh The last post on the Winston speedway, social media, Facebook page says, quote, we are suspending our weekly racing program at Winston speedway, effective immediately. While we reevaluate the remaining 2023 racing schedule. Fellas, uh, Rich, that was posted on June 17th. That's the last that we've heard on social media since then. Well, I was
0: fortunate enough to speak with Scott um, up at Woodtick, and I'm not going to go through. Some of it was a conversation between me and him, but the bottom line was uh, the track is for sale. He's not going to reopen it as a racetrack. Um, I said, you know, are are you looking for someone to sell it to who – we'll keep it a racetrack. It doesn't matter to him. Oh, so uh, he he's trying to get, you know, his money out of it. What he's not trying to get rich on it and, and, and put a big markup on it. But uh, I don't think, I think he figured out what's all involved and probably doesn't want to be involved. Rather just go racing. Um, he was probably having a lot more fun, less stress doing that. Um, and if if he can sell it and somebody wants to do whatever they want with the property and they're going to, Give him what he's asking for. It um, that he'll be more than willing to do so.
1: Chuck, and he lives well,
2: in roulette, so I mean that's a far. That, I mean he's way across the other side of the state.
3: That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, does you know anybody consider the fact that he's over on the other side of the state and having to make the haul every Friday or stay like partway midweek, you know, midway through the week to try and get everything in order? It just might have gotten. I mean, he's a businessman. I mean, he owns, uh, the quick stop, I believe in Marlette. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's a businessman at heart. So he's, you know, he's going to do what he has to do. You know, he, the love is there, you know, for racing it's there, but in the end it's a business decision to do it. And, you know, whoever comes along and gets him back the money that he delved into it, you know, that's the way it's going to be. Unfortunately, you know, hopefully it comes back around as a racetrack and somebody snags it up. Um I mean that was where me and my wife spent our honeymoon so I've kind of got an emotional connection to it you know so I wish them the best It's a cool Yeah thing. and
0: and what he, and what he also said you talk about travel over there he was he told me he was staying over there 3 4 days a week staying over there and and Greg Gregoki's driver was also helping him do some things he was coming over to stay and and i think that was just like we can't do this every week and it was just week after you know week after week of doing that um and and it was just a just a never-ending battle i think
1: it's tough uh because the you know obviously the phillips put a lot of time and effort into it and the the wilkinsons before them put a lot of time and money and effort into it and then uh you go even further and you look at what tom did when he had the place as well and it's a cool place. I mean, it's just a cool racetrack. You'd hope that somebody can get a hold of it that can do something with it that is race car things. But after the 2022 to 2023, I don't know if we're going to get that fortunate again. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, I think everybody thinks about Cherry uh, that went under that's not that far from there. I'm hopeful that it doesn't have the same fate. But, man, I, I don't know what it would take. Um, in that same vein, how about I-96 Speedway? That place was... Uh, was about a couple of weeks away from becoming an asphalt plant, uh, from what we understand, and the farmer across the road kind of helped make sure that that place stayed a racetrack, and Barry Marlowe stepped up to the plate and said, I'll promote six, seven, eight, nine races for you this year because I need them, right? I need these races in my schedule, Um, and then we, we thought we had a GM. That ended up not happening, and... Now we're kind of in a question mark phase with I-96. We don't know who's leading the pack. We don't know who's doing what. Um, I did take a phone call the other day from, uh, from Anthony Boyd, who helps out over there a lot uh, at I-96 Speedway. Indications are 2024 season, uh, but we don't know on what scale or, or what level yet. But let's talk 2023 first. Mainly Great Lakes Super Sprint Series events, but I'll tell you what, when we had races there, fellas, there were a lot of fans in the stands. They recognized that they needed to show that place some support if it was going to stick around. Yeah, you know, uh, they, they got hurt a little bit by the weather, I think. Um, and 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 it
0: was and Barry was operating on, on a tight budget, right? He he's doing that s- stuff himself. He can't just say, "Well, come on out here." There may have been a couple of those nights that if you waited long enough, you could have ran. The sure. rain had just finished, um, but it wasn't worth the risk because he needed to pick a night where he had a chance to fill the grandstands. And those nights weren't going to be, that wasn't going to happen those nights after an afternoon of rain. So, um, but boy, when Barry had a full show and it was nice weather, man, did he, Zach, did he pack the grandstands or what?
1: And it didn't really matter what it was either. I think they had one night that was kind of a flop and it was like a, like a wingless night with lightning sprints and nothing else really going on. Um, That might've been the one night that he didn't really have a a great show, but Other than that, and, you know, we heard this, too. Uh, The farmer across the road said it. If you want this place to stay a racetrack, you have to support it. Um, And and, and I said it as soon as I heard who bought it. He will make money with that property one way or another, (laughs) whether whether it's a racetrack or a
0: cornfield. There's one of two things you have to have at I-96 Speedway to be successful, either late models or wings. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. The rest doesn't matter. If you have IMCA modifieds or street stocks or pro none of that matters. Force it's pro it's late models and wing sprint cars. That's what those people will come out and see. The thing that I, I appreciate as a observer
3: of what happens, you know, at these area tracks is that they specifically did not schedule during the Ionia free fair weekend because they knew yeah. Business-wise, it wouldn't make any sense because half the people in the county would be at that free fair. So I applaud them for you know, looking out and taking that initiative to not schedule on that.
2: Roger? and it, you know, it, it didn't, it, It's got to stay a Friday night track as well. You know, I, being affiliated with Crystal from 98 to 2017 and being at I-96 for a few years in there uh, when it was the big half mile, Um, They tried numerous, back when they were running just the, uh, just sprint cars were their uh, primary uh, division in the uh, late 90s before they closed down the first time before uh, uh, it was uh, purchased uh, and made into Ionia Raceway Park. And they went, they decided to go Saturdays. It killed them because everybody else was running Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, and it was killing the crowd and then you know, Butler and whatnot. And it was just, it was not good. And then late models came in when they reopened it on the big half mile. It got built up again. And, you know, everything's cyclical. And I hoping yeah. we've passed the bottom part of that cycle. And Barry, yeah, Barry, like you said, Barry's going to make money on that property, you know, as far as putting shows on there. He knows how to do it. He knows how to how to put a show together. And he's got you know, a great series to do it with. That's a fast horsepower track. You know, it, it's an exciting track to watch sprint cars. It's 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 exciting to watch late models. It's nice and wide. Uh, it, that's the way we like them, Roger. The <laughs> numerous the numerous <laughs> the numerous incarnations of this track over the last 25 years. You know, from the half mile, then the smaller track, then a little bit bigger, then a little bit wider. Uh, I, I I think they've got at least the surface. And they've got oh, the right in there.
1: I don't know what you guys think, but I would say arguably one of the best services in the, in the state, don't you think?
2: I yeah, I would say I, from what I've heard from drivers. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that.
0: You know what, Roger? I think it would be smart. It, this wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, how Birch Run and Owasso seem to be working together with their rules packages, uh, not running on the same nights, that kind of thing. That would be a smart thing for I-96 to kind of get in bed with Crystal, wouldn't it?
2: Well, you know, yes and, and no. The, I tire, think the it, tires is, are going to be the
0: problem, I think. But yeah, if,
2: I think it's almost a better fit for, you know, and, and I might be stretching a little bit, Butler, uh, just for the type of street stocks yep. and the UMP yeah. sanctions and, and all of that. I think it's a better fit that, that Butler would be a sister track for them where crystal is more in line with uh,
1: Thunderbird, maybe. In
2: dark, yeah. Mount Pleasant uh, Thunderbirds somewhat yeah I mean they're they're all that now that group of tracks have worked together over the offseason to come up with it, running the exact same rules package I hope it sticks because in my X amount of years, I've had, I've seen this four or five different times and you get about halfway through the season and, and things get tweaked and we're right back to where we were.
1: And why is that? And so we talked to, to Brian LeBaron about this, uh, who is now one year in the books at the helm of crystal. And I said, you know, this is such a great concept on paper where tracks come together and they say, here are a universal set of rules for a division that travels and likes to travel street stocks or front wheel drives or whatever it is. In this case, it's street stocks. I said, how does that work? And he said, well, we had great conversations and there was only a couple of things that got mended. And I said, so now what happens? How do you guys keep your tech inspectors in check so that when somebody complains in June, there's not a change at one track and the whole thing falls apart? Is that kind of, because I've not really seen this work in my short tenure, but Roger, (laughs) with your, with you, with your experience, um, Yeah, is that kind of what happens right is is the squeaky wheel gets the grease and then one thing changes and it all falls apart that's how we've ended up
3: with 15 different classes
2: yeah i mean yeah you know with the pro lates now coming out uh, i mean that was a limited late model class 15 years ago and and that you know got to maybe 10 or 11 cars and then you have these big year-end events And you run pro stocks with these pro lates and you've got, they're not the same. And, you know, I mean, yes, you get about halfway through the season and it's the driver that might have the most influence over the promoter that, or the tech person that may get the pass, so to speak.
1: Let's go back to ABC divisions, front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, and we'll do a dealer's choice at the end of the year and call it good. I would love that. (laughs) I I think somebody needs to get in these
0: in these promoters ears and say, you do not have to run five, six, seven divisions, least of which all on the same night. That to me is pointless.
2: They're worried about car count. That's all they're looking at is car count. Sometimes at least it seems like that from my perspective, I tell you, they are worried about car count. If I'm only going to have 60 cars, I'd rather have 90 cars and have them spread out among seven divisions or have instead of having 50 cars and having four good races. I'll but you're gonna run
1: till two o'clock in the morning. That's the problem. Exactly. Well, yes. Butler, yes. Butler. You know, I was a fan of Butler before I was a race car driver, before I was an announcer. And for as long as I can remember, Butler has had the four in one program. I think at one time it was five, and that was, that was it. it. I mean, there were never a time where we ran six, seven, eight divisions ever, except maybe a dealer's choice or something like that, a year-end mm-hmm. type of deal. Um, back in
3: the day, back in the day, it was actually only three classes. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, and so what you had uh, maybe modifieds,
1: and then um, your super late models. And so when somebody took the blinders off and I got to see racing at other tracks, I was flabbergasted to go to a place like Merritt (laughs) that runs eight or nine divisions a night. Crystal, eight or nine divisions a night. Um, Now, Butler was getting done at the same time as these other racetracks, so it didn't really matter. Um, But, you know, even now with Tim running the place at Butler, four-in-one program, 16 to 21 sprint cars, 20 to 27 modifieds, uh 18 to 24 street stocks and about the same number of front wheel drives every single saturday night and he's mm-hmm. fine with that four-in-one program is perfect for them well one that of the things like,
2: go ahead, John.
3: one of the things that i would like to see them do is get a standardized set of rules for every track in the state of michigan and say okay this is how it's going to be from the start of the season to the end of the season and make it for five years. And during that five years, you can only change safety equipment. At the end of the five years, then you can say, okay, we'll get a, you know, like a core group, a committee and say, okay, does anything need to be changed? Because you keep changing these rules and you keep adding more classes. And all that's doing is hurting the car counts and it's creating more chaos because we have street stocks that look like sportsmen Mm-hmm. Sportsmen that look like you know CRA cars, we have three different classes of front wheel drives. It's like okay, when is the insanity going to end? And just go back to a set rule and have you know, and it may be unpopular, but I honestly think there's way too many classes.
1: Fobbi did a great piece on this uh, very subject a couple of years ago as a editorial on horsepower happenings. I have to dig that back out because. He touched on that, right? We've got three divisions of modifieds yes, that, all lo- that all look the same. The only thing different about mm-hmm. them is shocks, tires, and engines. And guess what? The people planting their rear ends in the seats don't know that. <laughs> they exactly. don't know that difference. Yep, so, yep exactly. Uh, we got to get serious here uh, about a couple of other things before we run out. So um, M40 Speedway. We talk about racetracks that are getting revived. How about the Russell family and what they're doing on Sundays with M40? I think that's pretty cool. Um, street stocks, talking about divisions. Street Stocks is pretty much their premier division. They're kind of taking a Mottville approach at this, which I think works for M40. Um, we were hoping to talk to them a couple of weeks ago. It didn't work out. But have you ever been to M40? I think that place is really unique. It's quite a cool place. I think Sundays and Street Stocks is a headliner. I mean, that's just fine for them, and I think they'll do just fine with that. Yeah, I've
3: been there. I've been there before with the uh, MCR Dwarf Car Series, and that track is really unique. It's like an uphill, downhill kind of situation. And if you can make it economical for a family to go out and watch some racing and not charge an arm and a leg and have a basic core group of three to four classes, you know, and run a tight program like what it seems like they're
0: doing over there, it's going to be a success. And I think and I think, what they've realized is over there in southwest Michigan, northern Indiana, southwest Michigan, a lot of street stocks, and a lot of them are really close to the same, like they run at Kalamazoo, they run them in northern Indiana, and I think they're located to take advantage of that, to be honest with
1: mm-hmm. you. Roger, you guys have a great street stock class at Owasso, and I, I think you can help with this, too. I would, I would join that argument, I think of Justin. I can't remember his last name. He's very active on social media uh, with Springport and Kalamazoo Speedways. Uh, is it Justin Leroy? That? Yes. Uh, oh, Leroy. Okay. Uh, anyhow, he often pushes that street stocks are the best class going, and there are times, Rich, we talk about this with the CRA street stocks, Austin Maynard with the Plymouth Speedway. Street stocks are a damn fun division to watch race right now.
0: It is because that's one of the divisions where it doesn't cost you a ton of money to do it. Um, And it's a lot more restrictive and the cars are so even. So it comes down to the driver most of the time. And you can almost say pure stocks as well. There's street stocks and pure stocks are so close together. Um, There's not a whole lot of difference. I think it's probably motor and maybe some suspension pieces. But if I go to dirt track or pavement tracks, you could watch a street stock or a pure stock race. It's probably two of the best races you're going to see all night. You guys yeah, run pure both stock, of those.
2: It's going to be a little bit heavier. Pure stock's heavier, and they don't have the spoiler on the back. But yeah, you're right. Uh, and mostly steel bodies uh, on those pure stocks. But uh, you're right. Uh, those are typically the most exciting, the most door banging, the most side by side, three wide. Let's drive it deep in the corner group. Uh, I really enjoyed watching them this year for a full season. I think one of the things, too, at M40, if I'm not mistaken, is they also run the Cobra tires there, which I know is something we were going to touch on, or at least we're in our initial notes. Yeah. And I, and I think that yeah, may, uh, may be somewhat helpful for those drivers, too, to make it a driver. Uh, a driver-centric type of race where it's not so much about car and chassis.
1: Well, I don't know about M40. I know for sure Galesburg went to Cobra, and you might be right, uh, Roger, but I don't know that for sure. But, man, we now have a three-tire race in Michigan, at least on asphalt, uh, for what people want to do. And, uh, guys, I don't know if it's time to hit the red button and panic or not because you have Cobra tires at Galesburg and Possibly M40, Roger. It looks like you might be looking to try to verify that. Um, You have American Racer tire now going to Berlin full-time, and you now, of course, still have Indiana's Hoosier tire at those other racetracks. You think about Kalamazoo. So now you've got that west side of the state that's got three options of things that they want to do with. Rich, you watch this with the Outlaw Late Models when tires and we watched it with wing sprint cars and divisions split. Must see became auto value and bumper to bumper became, uh, you know, from wing to non wing and outlaw super late models. The one side of the state's on 10 inch tires, the other side of the state's on eight inch tires. And there's that division. Are we panicking right now about this tire deal that we've got going on? Is is Hoosier are we about to see us all go back to McCreary and American Racers? What, what's going on right now with tires?
0: No, no. We got the Great Wall right up and down the state, from Jackson all the way up to Lansing on the way up. Number one, and you can probably know why, Toledo and Flat Rock will not ever leave Hoosier. Of course. For for obvious reasons, right? Ron Drager is the president of ARCA. ARCA runs on general tires that are made by Hoosier. Period. So those tracks will stay on Hoosier. I don't think that Owasso or Birch Run is going to go away from Hoosiers um, because they are for, for the main reason of they have a relationship with champion racing association that they want to keep. And they're going to, they both tracks have scheduled multiple races. Uh,
1: Berlin raceway has a relationship with champion racing association this year reveal the hammer outlaws. They have relationships uh, with other divisions that come in on tires that are not American racer. I mean, you can bring, if they want, they can bring in those sanctioning bodies that run whatever tire they want. Now, if you're CRA, you worry about car count at that point because the track is no longer on the tire that your sanctioning body is on. So that's a little bit of a concerning factor, I guess, but continue. Yeah.
0: No, I was just going to, that, that's my opinion. I think that just like always the East and West side of the state has been different. The outlaw late models on the West side of the state are a little more flexible than the outlaw late models on the, on our side of the state. Uh, at one time they were running them at Kalamazoo on eight, nine inch tires. They weren't running on slicks. Um and so there was the battle of 8 or 9 inch what what's an outlaw need to be on 8 or 9 inch treaded tires or 10 inch slicks. Um so I mean that I don't know that that's ever going to change but it just seems like the west side of the state has always had some things when it comes down to tires different than the east side of the state.
1: You know, one of the things that I'm seeing in the comment section and Chuck I saw you just about ready to speak up and maybe we're going to talk about the same thing is I don't think people care what tire they're going to be on the thing that I'm seeing in the comment sections is I hope this drives the prices down. I hope that we get into this bidding war where people are now going to try to beat each other on price and we get tires back to a reasonable price is what I'm seeing. I think uh, I think it's price
3: and I also think it's repeatability. I think that's been one of the other big things. You know, we've seen, uh, you know, testing results from i believe it's down south i want to say tennessee area where cobra tires was doing testing and having a bunch of different drivers do testing and if they can get that repeatability with a lower cost guys are going to want to jump at that and that's what Um, the dirt guys
1: say about the american racer tires that you can race more well i can also speak a little bit about birch
3: run speedways uh situation last season there was like a shortage We were, like, the last couple of races, they were saying, hey, we're, you know, we don't have quite enough supply from Hoosier, so we're going to have to do some finagling. I know there was a couple times where they only had enough for, like, left-side tires. So, I think a lot of it is what can you provide the consumer, the drivers, in value and repeatability. Of course, You also have a bunch of guys that go out there and spend hours and hours practicing and practicing. But if you get them a tire that lasts, that's the main thing. And from the results that I've seen from Galesburg and the ones from Tennessee, it looks like Cobra Tire
0: might be the new kid on the block, but with the best repeatability. And I think – I believe I got to believe I I had this conversation. I think it was with Phil Bozell, and he said, that Cobra Tire – a four, five, or six-week Cobra tire is faster than a brand new one. Wow. So you That's don't what want on some of the Facebook. You posts, don't right? want to put. You don't want to put on new ones unless you have time to run it in, run it in, run it in. Because anybody who has old tires, now this is for tracks that aren't in the tire business, right? <laughs> if you don't right, want right. if, if you don't want to sell tires, then these are the tires for you. Okay. Um, if you want to sell tires and have that part of your income to your customers then those tires are not the tires for you. Right. It, it's I, pretty self-explanatory.
1: I think that's one thing that was brought up to me about the American Racer tire deal on dirt is, you know, there's only so many American Racer dealers allowed in the state, and guess what? It's the racetrack, um, nine times out of ten. So, of course, you know, they're going to stick with American Racer because they're going to get monetary kickback from that. Um, you know, same thing with Hoosier if they're a tire dealer, and so, yeah, Um I don't know what we're going to do with tires. It'll be interesting to watch. I think Berlin, I don't know that anybody saw Berlin doing that. Um, I don't know that anybody thought they had a reason to, but we'll see how it goes. I, I mean, when's, where's the last place you saw that was running American Racer Mercury pavement tires around? It'll be
0: interesting. Yeah, we could, be go interrupt- out, we, we could do this show for 10 more years. And we still be talking about tires.
1: That's true. Let's, <laughs> yes. let's move on. It. Two final topics, right. and uh, the two final topics are two of the blockbuster events that came into the state of Michigan. I'll let you guys choose: pavement or asphalt first. Pavement, pavement, or, or, pavement or asphalt. Pavement or, asphalt. <laughs> pavement or, asphalt. <laughs> or dirt. I <laughs> cool. swear, yeah. I swear, this is water. I <laughs> swear it's water. <laughs> oh, now we know what was in that coffee. No, cup no, that it, was yeah. that, now, yeah. Yeah. that was a hot toddy, but I didn't think she mixed it that strong. Dirt or asphalt, gentlemen. Which way would you like to go first? Dirt. Let's go dirt. All right. <laughs> wow. All right. All-Star Circuit of Champions. Michigan got to see their final season two times over uh, the All-Star Circuit of Champions, right? Tri-City Motor Speedway and Butler Motor Speedway. I didn't obviously see anything from Tri-City. Uh, did they even get that event in? I'm starting to think now. Did that event wash out, or did they race that event? Does anybody remember No,
2: we, we raced that event. No, we, it, we, we did run that event. It was a very good event. It was a very quick event. It was a great group to work with. I would be surprised if we see them. The uh, <laughs> inclination of uh, of the uh, the new uh, the high limit series at, at Tri City again. Uh, I, I can't say that they were excited to be there. Nah, oh uh, boy. But uh, it, but the show was awesome. They did put on a hell of a show. Yes, it was great to see it.
1: All right, Butler side of things. I can report from that because I did go. And again, you guys know that I'm a Butler guy. I grew up there. I, I live. Rich, what did you say? I, I, I'm I'm stumbling distance from the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: I didn't have time to get my car warm when I drove out the back
1: gate to get to Zach's house. <laughs> to so, I, I've grown up around this place all my life, and I'll tell you, the only time that you'll struggle to get a seat at Butler is on fireworks night, because that's their you know they they put on the best fireworks in the tri-state area. Guys, I went to this event and I showed up right around the time I thought features would, would be getting ready to roll out, and they were parked alongside the road, um, and that was something I had never seen. And there is a lot of parking at Butler. I mean, they've got probably, Rich, wouldn't you say an acre and a half, two acres of parking there? More than that, yeah, I would say. So they were parking along the street, and when I went to go try to find a seat, I ended up just going up and finding Nate, who was the announcer at Butler, and I said, I'm just going to stand up here because there is not one seat left in this house. Uh, It was standing room only, and it was for an $8,500 to win all-star, you know, all-star circuited Champions show. And, by the way, the best racetrack that Butler had seen all season long. Um, And I bring these two topics up. The next one will be SRX at Berlin. Michigan, and Roger, you kind of talked about this earlier in the show, showcased damn good racing that weekend at Tri-City and Butler with the All-Star Circuit of Champions, and it paid off. Uh, the High Limit Series is coming back to Butler for uh, for the Classic again. This time it'll be in May, I think, is when they're on their schedule. So High Limit, it gets to come back to Michigan. Um, that, to me, I think that any time that you can see a national stage in the state of Michigan, is a good thing, and you're going to see it with Owasso and SRL and, and ASA Stars National Tour. Um, but pretty cool that we got to see, I mean, not cool that it was the end of an era, but we got to see that transition year, right, Roger, with with All-Stars becoming high limit. You kind of heard the scuttlebutt as everything was going around and, and starting to happen. Um, 410 Sprint Car Racing looked really good in Michigan, and I think that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it, it like I said, the show was good. Uh, probably not to your liking with the, uh, the you know, black to black from top to bottom but uh, hey, if the I racing was that, good I mean, that's good that was the fastest lap they've ever turned at Tri City Motor Speedway and it was uh in the, I want to say it was around 10 seven or something it was just a crazy <laughs> lap just to watch and go what they did what yeah I mean even even the guy you know, the, the the officials for the group was like they did what? Wow <laughs> you know I mean it was they they were they were tearing it up.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Other one, SRX at Berlin, and that place was elbows and, and belly buttons as well uh, with people there. What a cool exposure for Berlin Raceway and for Michigan. Um, did you guys get a chance to either go to that? Did, did, I don't know, did anybody go to that, Chuck? I think you were talking about going, weren't you? Uh, I had an offer
3: to go, but I ended up not going. Uh, I think the coolest thing to see was the fan, you know, the fan interaction there. I mean, when they drown out Alan Bestwick, <laughs> the free race, you know, when that gets drowned out, I mean, that tells you that that crowd is rocking and they were ready for that big of a
0: show.
1: The coolest thing to me was hearing, and we, I heard it before the broadcast started, that, you know, these national level guys, um, you know, the, the, the Elio Castroneves and the Kevin Harvicks and Ken Schraders, are going to Brian Campbell's and, you know, the local guys, Evan Shotko's going, how in the hell do you get around this place? <laughs> because we cannot figure out how to race it. That's what I thought was so cool. Uh, and, Rich, the broadcast on, on ESPN or CBS, I just thought they did a really good job of showcasing Berlin and showcasing short track racing in the state of Michigan, which is what we're all about.
0: Yeah, and what the SRX is about is what they do, right? You put a bunch of big names that everybody wants to pay and see whether there has beens or not. Right. They, they're let's, let's be real. Some of those guys don't need to be in race cars anymore. Um, Paul Tracy. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and people will pay to come see them. And once you fill the seats, you have a few guys that are putting on a good race and and, and the rest is what it is. So it, it's serving a purpose. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not going to be any more than what it is—five or six times a year, or however many races they have. But it's, it's a draw for the fans to come out and see a current hero or past hero.
1: And Chuck, I know you and I are waiting to see if that thing's going to end up on iRacing. There's a lot of talk about Berlin OBS. going to iRacing, which. You know, love it or hate it, it would be pretty cool to have that racetrack immortalized uh, into that uh, video game world. So that would be pretty cool, gentlemen. Uh, that's all I have planned. Any other uh, quick things uh, we didn't really touch on? Midwest modifieds or reveal the hammer or anything like that. But either from Owasso or Birch Run or anything else that you guys had uh, perspective on. I saw that Don't smile, we... Roger. You keep that thought to yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We've, uh, we've got a few dates already set up for 2024 for uh, Bertrand Speedway. You know, they're looking to finalize the schedule. And, hey, uh, Chuck, uh,
1: I don't want to cut you off, but uh, how about we do this with you? Why don't you tell us about the uh, the bowling night that's coming up?
3: Oh, okay. Um, March 16th, Royal Scott Golf and Bowl Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club 7th Annual Bowling Tournament uh, this year presented by Airlift Auto Value oh. Bumper to Bumper Part Stores. Uh, XLT engineering, uh, Owasso speedway has jumped on board and it's powered by Northside towing and Service, courtesy of Jeff Finley and his family. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, they came on board, thanks to Dale Spencer. And we are literally a couple of months away from kicking off the fundraiser. I'm sure I'm going to have a couple of you there. Hopefully we can talk Roger into coming back to it. Cause it's been a couple of years since he's been there. I'd
1: like to see Roger throw a ball around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can throw it around. If there's beer in that
2: ball, I can throw it around. Uh, that's what Rich has to do too.
1: I think we'll make that happen. <laughs> but Chuck, I'm sure you're accepting sponsorships and, and things like that. Yes, uh yes, most definitely we are. Um the the hunt for uh
3: donors to the raffle table uh is ongoing. Um we still have a meeting to set up with the bowling alley to go over a few things. Um, I do have a commitment from the Lowe's here in Saginaw. Uh, That'll be secured uh, probably next week, sometime after the first of the year. Um, But yeah, if anybody wants to donate to it, uh, gift certificates, uh, swag, um, anything you can think of, it's greatly appreciated. Again, that's March 16th at the Royal Scott Golf and Bowl in Lansing. Uh, This year's benefactor is Racing for Suicide Awareness. Uh, Mike Finley and his family tried to put on an event two times this season at Bertrand Speedway and got rained out. And I think it's actually a worthy cause because, you know, mental health is big on the forefront of news headlines, and it needs to be not put in the shadows. It needs to be brought out. So we're going to benefit them. Again, the Randall Gittner Memorial Benevolent Fund for the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. And we'll have 50-50s throughout the day. And we also have men's high score. Women's High Score, Team High Score, and then our Greg Yost Never Give Up Award. And for those that didn't hear it or see it on Facebook, we did announce the uh, Talon RV Chris Throg Martin Spirit Award is going to the Reveal the Hammer Series.
1: All right. Very cool. Uh, looking forward to that in March. And uh, Roger, Owasso well, Speedway schedule. Wow, what a schedule.
2: Yeah, it's a great schedule, but I-, I wanted to really defer my time to talk about the the two knuckleheads that will be hosting the Michigan Auto Racing Team Club (laughs) uh, coming up on January 20th down in uh, in, the Detroit area. Yeah, and uh, You too, uh, Zach and Rich, I've had the opportunity to do that uh, a few times. It's a great honor to be in front of all the champions from around the state and, of course, uh, Toledo and uh, the ARCA series and the dignitaries that they bring in. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you guys uh, in just a few weeks on January 20th and uh you're gonna have a great you guys will have a great time break a leg and uh we're Proud to have you represent us announcers up there on the microphone. I'm going to be leaning. I think we're
1: going to get 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 heckled. Oh yeah, I think there's going to be some heckling. Uh, We got to keep Roger away from the bar. That's that's for sure. (laughs) The
2: bar's (laughs) is farthest away from where you guys are at, so you're
1: okay. (laughs) No Pepsi's beforehand. No Pepsi. No, I think yeah. Never Uh, never mind uh, what comes out of my coat. Never mind what comes out of my coat pocket every once in a while as (laughs) we're getting (laughs) going up there, Uh, gentlemen. Thank you guys so much uh, for everything you do for Horsepower Happenings. Everything you do for michigan motorsports and uh, thanks for coming on tonight uh, appreciate picking your guys's brains and talking about what happened in 2023 so here's to 24 appreciate you having us on we'll catch you in 2024 gentlemen
2: Yes, thank you. We race towards the next season.
1: All right, Rich, that's going to do it. On behalf of Scott Menlin, Rich France, my co-host, Roger Williams, Chuck Darling, I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week as we roll in 2024. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.